Good morning, everyone, and welcome. It is wonderful to, to think that we could all be together in some sort of way this morning. It is still very strange talking to the camera, so just know it doesn't get any better, unfortunately. But it is wonderful to know that uh, you in your bubble and I in mine and we can all be together and, and hear and experience and see and feel something of the Lord's presence and our presence together with one another. May today bring you some peace or quiet. May it bring you some more faith or hope. May it help you to ask some questions, to answer some questions, or to just be in the moment and feel and experience the Lord's presence. That's what it's all about. I'm now going to light a candle for us, just a symbol of the fact that Jesus is the light and the way, and we acknowledge that. We believe in that. And then it will give us a moment of silence. Dear Lord, we are together in your name and what a wonderful privilege it is. We know that you are in a million different, different places right now, but you are also here with us. To hear our prayers, to listen to our thoughts, to hear us sing and praise your name. Dear Lord, we are feeling so many emotions and we are experiencing so many different and new things. And we are just so thankful that you are with us, that we do not have to go through this alone. Dear Lord, we start this service acknowledging the fact that this is all about you. May you calm the storms inside of us. Will you help us to be in the here and the now? Dear Lord, there are so many people who are scared and anxious are feeling sick, we're feeling lonely, and we ask you to especially be with each of those people in this moment. Our loved ones who are far away, close, who feel far away even though they are very close, be with them, hold them tight. Thank you that we can ask this in your name, the name above all names. Amen. As I said, said, good morning, goeiemorgen, welcome. It is wonderful to have you all here in, in this very special weekend. We are celebrating, celebrating Anzac weekend. And I would like uh, to read us uh, the moderator of the Presbyterian Church's Anzac Day message. He starts by saying, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. John 15, verse 12 to 14. The words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ ring and echo loudly in our situation today. In fact, as we all attest to this truth in life, it is in the sound of Jesus' words 
that permeate our being as we move from Easter toward Anzac Day. Easter was very different this year, with the crowds and gatherings, worship and fellowship, meals of fish and bread, communion, all carried out using digital communication. This is an unprecedented situation due to unusual times affecting the whole world. What stands out for me each year is Jesus died on the cross for you and I. Anzac Day appropriately follows Easter on our calendar. The underlying theme of the cross is echoed by the soldiers that died for God, King and country. Their lives, their commitments, their sacrifices were for you and I, which is commemorated on Anzac. It is poignant, significant and sacred. Many lives were lost. We are forever indebted to the brave men and women who died on the frontier of the battlefields for our freedom, for all we have. We will never forget them. We remember and recall Anzac every year and we educate our children about this alliance. We will remember them. They are our heroes, our champions, our, champions, our game changers. Today in our world and in our country, we have new heroes, champions and game changers. These new heroes are the many men and women and children who have stepped up, arisen, taken the bull by the horns and made a difference in the lives of many during the COVID-19 crisis. To all the essential workers, police, nurses, doctors, firefighters, rest home carers, order life, supermarket workers, chaplains, the list is long. Thank you. Bless you. Your service for the masses for our country is both courageous and brave. You are valued and loved, appreciated and cherished. Your risk, you risk your lives every day against an unseen enemy, COVID-19. Your work is in the same order of sacrifice as our Lord Jesus on the cross and the soldiers on the battlefields. Your lives are on the line every time you step up and step out. We salute you and keep you and your loved ones in our prayers. We will not forget you. Jesus said, I come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. John 10, verse 10. Let's take a moment to think of this, to take it to heart and especially to think and thank those who put their lives on the line every day to fight this new enemy. This morning we are going to read together from 1 Peter 1, verse 17 to 23. 1 Peter 1, verse 17 to 23. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it is not with perishable things such as gold or silver that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. 
now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the loving and the enduring word of God. There is a lot to say about Peter. There is a lot that comes up when we talk about the life and times of Peter. He was the rock on which the church is built. We know him as the one who denied Jesus three times. We know him as, as one of the disciples, as one of the apostles. And so when we read from the book of Peter, there is no doubt that there are a lot of these words that come up for us, a lot of these ideas that resonate in, in our story with Peter. In our second Sunday after Easter, we're still talking about the numerous aftershocks of what happened on that Easter weekend and specifically what needs to happen and change in people's lives after Easter. And especially we have to, we need to talk that, about the effect that Easter had on those that lived with Jesus before and after. And so when you read the book of Peter, we get an insight into this. In the book of Peter, we read about the deliverance there is for all through the love of God. But we read a lot about what happened to those who believed in the Easter happenings. We, we read about those who had changed their lives and directed their lives anew because of this, because of the Easter happenings. And so when we look at the book of Peter, we see that there are three main images, three main themes that emerges from the book. And, and we need to take that in consideration when we, when we read something like this. So firstly, as we know, there were a lot of people who did not have it easy after they started to share the good news. In Peter, we read about the people and how they were suffering. They endured this suffering. And, and it's a theme throughout the book. They suffered and, and they felt like outsiders, alienated, isolated. But we read how they remained faithful, how they tried to, to live faithful, to commit their lives founded in the gospel that they were sharing, giving their lives for sharing the good news. Then we see another theme of how people were committed to being holy as God is holy. We read that a life be, being committed to God, being committed to being holy like God, means that we, we have this life aspiring to be holy like God, to have a life that looks like God. And we see that this kind of life is a life than more than just a list of things to do. It is more than just a, things, a list of things to, to avoid. It's a life of devotion. Not a life where there's focused on a quantitative lifestyle, where you have this list of things to do or not to do. A list of things where you, you, you measure yourself and see how you're missing the mark or how you're actually getting where you're supposed to be. No, that's not what it means. It's more of a qualitative life. 
where you relate to what is good and adjust your whole lifestyle to that. And, and God is holy and that is good and that's the sort of lifestyle that you'd want. That's a theme we read in Peter. And then we see how salvation, how the acts of Jesus on the cross shaped their lives, his life. We read about Christology, how Jesus shaped their lives, how Jesus meets Peter and how that shapes his life. We read how Peter is shaped and how his life is directed around the question, Peter, where are you going? Are you born again? And if you are, what kind of life are you building because of that? Keeping in mind that he felt isolated, that he tried to live holy and devoted, and that now salvation is something very real and very true to him, after the resurrection of Jesus, Peter's whole life changed. And that's more than just the change of mind, that's a reorientation of his life. Now, since the beginning of lockdown, there has been this theme that, have, that has just come up all over. I've seen it on social media in numerous conversations. It has come up in talks with you guys and, and with other people in my life. And, and the thing is, the thing that I keep seeing and keep hearing about is... This question, what are we going to do with this time? What are we going to do now that we have all this time? But even more than that, what will change in my life as of now? People are talking about how now is the time to, to create some new habits, to change some, some habits, to kick some old ones to embrace some new ones. All over the show, people are, are trying to eat more healthy. People are forgetting all about dieting. People are exercising more every day. And some people are working so hard that they have no energy for that. And that's a new kind of living. Some people are investing a lot of their time into their gardens and some just wanna stay indoors and mend and fix and organize some things. Some are getting into the habit where they just want to be left alone. Some are in survival mode. Some just takes each day as it comes. And then there are some, like me, who are all of the above. Trying new things some days. Rediscovering old skills some days. Doing nothing on other days. Now let's just pause for a moment with all of this and, and look again at what we read and reread it. And this time we'll do it from the message translation. We read, you call out to God for help and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget he's also a responsible father and won't let you go by with sloppy loving. Your life is a journey that must travel, travel with a deep consciousness of God. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead-end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished sacrificial lamb, and that was no afterthought. Even though it has only lately 
at the end of the age has become public knowledge. God always knew he was going to do this for you. It's because of the sacrificed Messiah whom God then raised from the dead and glorified that you trust God, that you know you have a future in God. Now that you have cleaned up your lives by following the truth, love one another as if your lives depended on it. Your new life is not like your old life. Living with a deep consciousness of God. That's what we just read. Because of the sacrifice Jesus made, there is now a new life in Christ. A life that is not like the old life. So what does that mean? Keeping in mind that Peter is trying to teach us that a life of holiness, a life of living the sacrifice in the salvation of Jesus, it's not a life where you get a list of things to check off. It's not a life of doing things in order to gain something, to gain favor or prove that you are worthy. No, what we read here is not a change of mind, it's a reorientation of your whole life. Well, we all have had experience in this. We all have had to reorganize our lives, our ways, and while we are doing it in our ordinary lives, we might as well do it in all aspects of our lives. So how, you, how do you do that? How do you change old habits? How do you gain new habits? In the book, Simple Changes, Robert Wicks writes, if we extend even a little effort, we will see that change will not be easy. It is simple and the first step is a commitment to wake up to how we are blocking ourselves from so much more in life. As one spiritual guide really reminds us, to a man who was hesitant to embark on a spiritual quest for fear of the effort and the renication, the master said, how much effort does it take for one to open one's eyes and see? He writes that if we want to change, we have to plant small seeds of change in our lives. We must enjoy life while we are changing. He says, don't wait until you reach your goals. Personal growth need not be a chore, but rather a continually surprising journey to explore and to love. Opening our eyes to see what needs to change in our lives. Opening our minds, our hearts to invest in a new way of living based on the sacrifice Jesus made. Changing. It's a difficult word even to say, to think about. Do you remember a good couple of years back, a show became huge. It had a huge impact on people all around the world because the characters in this show could morph, could change. 
The Power Rangers. Do you remember that show? It was made in Japan and quickly translated into English. And a lot of children all over the world were fascinated by them. For the younger people, maybe the movie Transformer is a better example of how enticing it is to see how people or things change, morph into something new or something different right before our own eyes. We are all into this sort of thing in one way or another. Into things changing, morphing, developing. Hence the popularity of health clubs and, and gyms and self-help books and motivational speakers and seminars and New Year's resolutions. John Ortberg writes, The possibility of transformation is the essence of hope. We find the word morph in the New Testament in a number of places. It is one of the richest Greek words in the New Testament, with morpho meaning the inward and real formation of the essential nation, nature of a person. The inward and real formation of the essential nature, nature of a person. When you look at your life, your new life in lockdown, when you look at what has changed and what needs to change, when you think of morphing happening in your life, it means I don't just do the things Jesus would have done. I find myself wanting to do them. They appeal to me. They make sense. I don't just want to go around trying to do the right thing. I become the right sort of person. That's what morphing changing is all about. I just asked you the question. When you look at your life, your new life in lockdown, what has changed? What still needs to change? Wait, I think an almost more important question is what changes that has been forced on you needs to stay when things slowly get back to normal? What habits in your newly find, found routine makes you feel more in touch with the gospel? Makes you feel more in touch with what Jesus taught, who he was, the life he lived? And then you may also ask the questions, what things do you still need to build into your new life from now on that will help you live a life more committed to who Jesus was? I think the, the one aspect most of us has willingly or unwillingly had to adapt to in this new life was a slower paced life. After lockdown, all of a sudden, diaries and appointments they just didn't rule our lives and our days anymore, or not as much as they used to. And so a habit that we might want to hold on to, a habit worth morphing into, is the unhurried life. The practice of slowing down. We have all, in some way or another, been challenged to change the pace at which we do things. We have been challenged to change our hurried lives into a slower, steadier life. 
I think Hari is one of the great enemies of a spiritual life. Hari has such serious implications on our souls. The thing with a hurried life is that we get used to or settle for a mediocre version of life. We think that hurrying will buy us in some sort of way more time. That we can now do more and more in less time. We want to multitask. We want to do multiple things all at once. And we all know how fatal that can be in the end. We get, like Lewis Grant calls it, sunset fatigue where we live a life at such a fast pace that we cannot even stop and smell the roses anymore. Even if there's no reason for it, you might want to even now be this fast-paced person. We constantly build all these things into our lives that help us save time. And now we have been called to stop. We've been forced to stop. And what a wonderful time it is. To really think about our old lifestyles and how we used to live or hurry or run or speed and how the changes we now had to make will create a better lifestyle when we go back to normal. How about we try in this time now to establish a routine where we will, for the for unforeseen future, put a stop to this hurried life. It will mean to slow down in your heart of hearts. And solitude will help with this. Practicing and building solitude into our lives is a necessity for, for a spiritual life where we aren't so hurried anymore. Where we can sit and be with others, but especially with God, and not want the time to go fast quickly. Not only if we want to change our hurried lives, but also if we want to take the call Peter makes to all of us seriously. If we want to take that seriously, we will now think of, think about what the changes are that we need to make in our lives. What should our lives look like? What should our lives today and tomorrow and when we go back to normal, what should it look like? Let's not do it without the words of 1 Peter. Let's not hurry back to our old ways of life. Let's not leave these new habits behind. May this, 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 this life, these changes that have been forced onto us in some way, May we hold on to the, the good things that came out of it. May we hold on to a life where we can live a little bit slower and see God all around us. Where we make time to sit and listen. Where we are now forced to not just fill every spare little time we have, but be and hear and listen and give. May we appreciate the stillness, the quiet times. May we appreciate it so much that when we go back, we still do it. And may we find and experience and love God all the more for it.
Children, I haven't forgotten about you. I know that this time is weird and strange for you and I'm thinking about you a lot. I've sent a little video to you guys to show you how to make poppies if you haven't done that yet. As I've read, because I also had to learn about Anzac Day and what it all means, the poppies we make and people put it in their windows and so we say, least we forget. The poppies is, is the sign where we say we won't forget the history. We won't forget what history taught us. And so I want to ask you to, to go and make some poppies. To go and make some poppies and not just put it out in your windows but in your room so that you won't forget this time. Because as lockdown can be horrible, I'm sure, I'm sure there's also very good things about this time too. So go make some poppies and write down the wonderful things that had happened in this time. The wonderful times you and your family had or just you alone. And so when you look at those poppies, you'll remember that God was with you in this. He didn't just leave you be. He's with you always. Okay? Go look at the video. It's a link to a YouTube video where you can make these poppies. Let's now close our eyes and pray. I'm going to read Boyd Dunlop's prayers for the people. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, we are told, But when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. As we pray this morning in the quiet of our rooms at home, because we are in lockdown, let us reflect in the quietness as we bow our heads in prayer. Creator God, there are thousands, maybe millions from all around the world who are crying in great misery and pain. Many will be reflecting because it is Anzac time on all the lives lost and those sufferings, the after effects of, from having been caught up in war. We too remember, O oh you who hear our prayer, Hear now the weakest and bleakest, heal the broken and forsaken. Be with those who are suffering with COVID-19. Be with those who are fearful of becoming a COVID-19 victim. We too remember, no matter where they are, no matter their faith, no matter their ethnicity, we too remember those who are dejected or rejected, the last and the least, from north, south, east and west, from Wellington to Invercargill, from Melbourne to New York, from London to Peru. By your gracious spirit, look after all through the healing and liberating love of Jesus Christ, our risen Saviour. Let us pray together, wherever we are, the prayer you taught us so long ago and which still gives us strength and comfort today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we forgive those who have wronged us. Save us from the time of trouble and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours. Now and forever. Amen.
this would now be the time in the service where we give our offerings and say thank you to what we have and what we've been given and share in that. And I'm going to give you a few moments now to, to think of what you are grateful for, to thank the Lord for how he has provided in this moment, a moment for thankfulness. stay in your bubble, as you talk to people all over the world, people down the road, your newfound friends and your neighbors, go in peace, go forth in joy to love and serve God in all that you do. We are sent in the name of the risen Christ. Let us bless our God. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Now for our notices this week. Happy birthday to everyone who had a birthday. I know that Ruth had a birthday in the week and Helen Hay had a birthday and Panapa had a birthday and, and we are so thankful that, that you were spared another year for us. Everyone else who had a birthday that we don't know about, I'm sorry. Happy birthday to you. And to those who still have a birthday in this week, let us know so we can be happy with you and, and for you. Our small groups are starting again on Tuesday and we will talk about this whole theme of changing and what needs to change and how we can build new spiritual disciplines into our lives so that, so that we can change 
and grow so that we can open our eyes for, for what's around us and what should be around us. So if you want to join, just send me an email and I'll add you to the Zoom groups. There's a group at 10 o'clock on Tuesday mornings and there's a group at 7.30 on Tuesday evenings and this will run only for, for six weeks. So let me know. Then we are going to have a, a Zoom bubble cuppa now at uh, 10.45. So if you want to join, um, I'm going to send the, the invite to, to all of you if you want to join. I don't exactly know how it will work, but it might be nice to see everyone's faces and, and to have your, your after church cuppa together. So, so let's see how it works and, and if we would like to do it again. Thank you for joining our service today. Go in peace. We experience the love of the Lord. Bye-bye.